Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name is Adam. And my name is Jeremy. And we're here today to discuss B-sides. More Our, oh, delicious B-sides. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> Our uh, big topic today is Wolverine number 50. Yeah, all of the secrets will be revealed in this double-sized, or at least larger-sized, issue of Wolverine. Mostly more questions are, I mean, they do answer some, well, they kind of answer some questions. They leave a lot unanswered, though. It's a fun issue. Um, This, back in the day, got me into collecting Wolverine, so I don't think I had any issue before this and so when marvel age or whatever other advertisements we'd been paying attention to started revealing that wolverine's secret origins will start to be revealed uh the investor in my mind perked up and i was like i better start collecting wolverine and then you know i read this and i was like okay well (laughs) didn't really understand what was happening because larry hama of course set up a bunch of this uh earlier in this series and some of it some of it pays off, or at least some of it's referenced in this particular issue. And to me, it was like, well, where's the origin? Really just, well, I mean, you do sort of get. You do, but. An I, origin, but it ends up not being, I don't know, Wolverine's origin is very, it ends up being very long and complex. Exactly. It's far more complicated than like the origins of Snake Eyes, which was my only other real, you know, awareness of what an origin story could be or should be not Which that was by Larry Hama, interestingly enough. Exactly. But I think that was not that they gave away everything with snake eyes, but I think it was a lot more to the point concise. I think it was more like how did snake eyes lose his ability to speak and right. become a man in a mask? Exactly. Whereas this is, I don't know. How do you like even, even did you ever read Wolverine origin? I did read. Oh yes. Eventually. Even that isn't Wolverine's origin. It's just his formative years. You should have called it Wolverine, formative years. <laughs> I don't think it would have sold as well, though. Well, an origin is, you know, where did you come from? So it it, it qualifies as an origin. It doesn't answer, like, all of the things, but it, it takes you to a question that I guess was never really asked, but still. It's essentially Wolverine year one. They could have called it Wolverine year one. Sure. Yeah, I agree with that. And then they have Origin 2 came out, and that was essentially... Year two. So this issue, for those of you who don't know, was uh, a um, collector's item, right? It was a die cut, kind of thicker cover, and you got the Wolverine slashes through the cover of a yellow uh, or a manila folder, I should say. And then when you opened it up, you started seeing some of the the files and and stuff like that. It's a neat cover. And this was back when this was sort of a novel thing because. There had only been a couple of these that came out. There was Silver Surfer 50, mm-hmm. which was the first one I think we saw. I Yeah, that one was like foil embossed, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely, I was, just, well, I think we all were, and that's what Marvel was banking on, but I was a sucker for anything that had a, a thick embossed foil cut, whatever, and then ultimately bags, and then, of course, they overdid that, and so I think at least... I feel like we started seeing through that and like, I'm not going to buy 10 issues of whatever this is with some trading card. I'm never going to be able to see because I'm not actually going to open up the bag. Yeah. Or am I going to buy two copies of it so I can open up one copy and have one copy that's in the bag? Um, 
thus, you know, if everybody's doing that, there's no value in any of that crap. But anyways, we open this up and we... we... A few issues of Avengers and Spider-Man titles like Web of and whatever Mm -hmm. because of that, though. But I didn't buy multiples, at least. I can say that. Yeah, I think maybe there was there a polybagged Web of Spider-Man. Probably there was. I would have bought that and probably not bought an issue to read. But when it came to like the glow in the dark Ghost Rider, or there was another polybagged Ghost Rider, wasn't there? There was uh, the glow in the dark Ghost Rider wasn't polybagged. I think there was a later uh, polybagged Ghost Rider that. What did it? What was the deal with that? It was probably like issue twenty five or fifty or. It was like issue. Something. It was. It was. There was a six part series that mm-hmm. introduced a whole bunch of new teams that were. The Midnight Suns, essentially. Yeah. Which is still a name that's kicking around today. I think there's a video game coming out called Midnight Suns. Um, but I don't know why they were bagged. I, I can't. I, I bought two of each because I, I was reading Ghost Rider at the time. But I don't remember what the point of them being bagged was. So that they but could sell more, Adam. Was there a card in there? Was there some sort of. Oh. Maybe the bag obscured the cover. I don't know. They were doing all sorts of weird things around that time. X was X Men One bagged. X Force One was bagged. X One was bagged, and it had a card in it. X Men One was not bagged. Okay, I but th- it had five different covers. Right. X Force One had one cover, five different cards. Oh Jesus! I probably have each one of those. How did you I, know what the card was? You could luckily you could see the card through the packaging, oh, so you God. would get one of each. We were duped. I yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well anyways, you open up this thing and we get some things that we've seen before, some things we haven't seen before. For example, apparently Wolverine was a CIA operative uh in addition to his Canadian Secret Service. The latter we more or less knew. CIA, I don't think we knew. There's a scratched up photo of Logan and Creed which I don't think we've seen before. Maybe we have. There's the classic postcard of Logan getting married to uh, Mariko with the cute little line, Hey, elf, don't forget the beer. Um, Japan. Yep. A pic- There's a postcard of or a picture of uh, Wolverine and the two Alpha Flight people fishing. The Hudsons. Hudsons. I don't know that we've seen this picture, but we definitely know that he has a pass with the Hudsons. Uh, there's a S.H.I.E.L.D. sticker indicating that maybe he was a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then we get um, sort of a blueprint, if you will, of his adamantium's laced bones and some numbers indicating something. And a matchbook saying the Princess Bar. What is this? What's that? <laughs> Whose file is this? Well, I don't know why you'd have a, a matchbook of the Princess Bar in yeah. there, but <laughs> I would say, well, the whole thing centers around, I think, Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, it's definitely uh, Wolverine trying to dive into his past and figure things out. But one of the key pieces he's trying to figure out in the beginning is access to his dossier. Uh, So I think that this is an insert into his dossier. Hmm. I don't know why there's an American Express card in that dossier, but apparently he's got an open line of credit. This feels like keepsakes. Right. Except for the picture of a skeleton just <laughs> <laughs> like who who keeps x-rays of their skeleton i mean i guess if you have an adamantium skeleton maybe you do and then there's a, a wolverine in his yellow costume fighting a a metal man who 
I guess you could maybe confuse as uh, who's that samurai guy, the silver samurai. Silver samurai, but it's I'm not. Argue that this isn't actually in the file. This is just the part that we see beneath the the uh, the the claw tear of the comic book cover, hmm. and that's this is part of the cover. Maybe, even though, maybe even though clearly that it has a shadow in his little picture. But who took this picture? Maybe this is just a bunch of stuff that's laying on top of his file. Somebody opened up the the, the Logan drawer and all this stuff was there, and then Wolverine grabbed the file and left all this other crap behind. I don't know. It's whatever. It's it's fine. <laughs> this one's uh, scripted by Lethal Larry Hama, penciled by Murderous Mark Silvestri, inked by Dangerous Dan Green, with help from Hilary Barta and Tom Palmer. A lot of inkers then. Colors Stomp and Steve Bucalata. Letters Punishing Pat Brissau. Uh, editor Brutal Bob Harris. And Editor-in-Chief Terrible Tom DeFalco. We get a awesome rainy shot of Wolverine or Logan showing up in his cowboy boots, jeans, ripped up black tank top, driving a motorcycle. It's all rainy outside, and there's these people that are like, hey, watch out, Buster. Just who do you think you are, Buster? Yeah. If I knew the answer to that question, I wouldn't be here. Right. <laughs> so definitely setting up the, we are diving into Wolverine's past, and I guess now Wolverine has figured out he doesn't know anything about his past. Yep. So Well, he, he, the stuff that, even the stuff that he thinks he knows, he's right. not sure if it's true or not. Uh, so yeah, he is... Driving into a building and up the stairs on the uh, motorcycle, he drives into an elevator. Hold that elevator. The rest of you get out of the way. Yeah. Carolyn, don't want them long legs brushing up against the hot tailpipe, do you? Want to hit the top button for me? Earlier. Or a CIA or whatever, I guess S.H.I.E.L.D. agent saying, hey, we got we got a Wolverine in the house. <laughs> so earlier, I guess, uh, in time... Wolverine in his yellow togs, so not his Wolverine costume, but like a, an Xavier's yellow costume. So I don't know if he's just wearing this for the heck of this, or if this actually goes back to that brief stint of time where they were wearing their yellow outfits. But Warrior's wearing it too. Yeah, but I think that is his costume moving forward. But either way, so this definitely takes place before issue four of X Men. Okay. Uh, I don't know about one. Were, were they wearing these outfits in one through three? No, they're they were all redesigned with their new cool '90s outfits. All right, so let's say this takes place before one through three, too, right? Then. And it doesn't really matter. I mean, the uh, whole point of this is Wolverine's trying to figure out a good way to infiltrate um, a Shield helicarrier. So he's asking Forge for some refuel information. It seems like there's a bit of tie-in to maybe the Iran thing that was actually happening in 1992 time frame. Uh, because they, they're redirecting the helicarriers elsewhere for their fueling. And so Wolverine, I guess, decides that he can drive a motorcycle uh, into the building that is below. It's the Citicorp building in New York. Uh, and I guess the helicarrier is above the cloud line refilling from that building. So he's going to work his motorcycle up through various uh, elevators and staircases to ultimately get onto the helicarrier. It's kind of neat. Yeah. And the lady in the elevator is like, it's against the law to smoke that nasty cigar in here. And you really should be taking that greasy machine up in the freight elevator. Right. There's a, a big thing like, well, 
that elevator doesn't go to the ceiling or to the to the roof. He's going to have to get to the freight elevator. So everybody surround the freight elevator. But Wolverine was expecting this, and he pushes his motorcycle up a big series of steps. Adam, have you ever driven a motorcycle? Bump, 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 bump. I have, but um, like not a for, like like for. like a real motorcycle or a moped. Yeah, yeah I don't know a real one. Okay, and so you're you're aware that they're not light <laughs> yeah I, I, a, f- a friend of mine had one and so i got the chance to drive it um and and yeah i, I was worried about like f- it falling over pretty much the whole time <laughs> when you're it's driving very- when you're driving it's pretty much like a bicycle i mean it'll, it'll yeah. keep itself upright but right. uh even like kind of push uh, make sure you get balanced on both sides right when you're pushing it down the street maybe or just kind of like taking it off its kickstand to get on it i mean you can definitely feel the weight so imagine trying to push it up i don't know however many stairs this is wolverine's a strong guy he's a very strong guy maybe we don't see it but he it falls over once or twice (laughs) sure i don't think wolverine would allow this to happen this this looks like a very nice uh harley Let's go with it's that. All, it's silhouetted. It's a it's a humorous kind of bump, 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 bump. No, oh, yeah, the panel's great, right? Because definitely has a comedic um, bit to it. They said he was on a motorcycle. This is the only way he could get up here, says a goon guarding the freight elevator. But then, unless the, the roof is a is is a is kind of a slidey platform leading directly to the freight elevator, and he just rides down the roof into and uses the freight elevator as sort of a ramp that allows him to fly straight towards the shield helicarrier that as you mentioned is refueling and the guys inside are like oh man this guy's totally gonna splatter like a bug on our windshield because it's because it's a really a strong windshield and nick fury is there and he's like you ever heard of animantium lieutenant look i don't know how this works because when you see the panel, the motorcycle is clearly the thing that goes through first. But, you know, in your imagination, Wolverine's claws go through first. Absolutely. He pops his claws, he slashes, and he and his motorcycle go through. He makes a reference to Evil Knievel. He says, no one or watching those Evil Knievel specials would come in handy someday. And so he does his crazy stunt, crashes through the bridge of the helicarrier, and skids to a halt in front of Nick Fury. And he's like... You and me got to talk, bub. I got a bone to pick with you and Nick Fury is armed to the teeth as he is in the 90s, but not so comically as he was in X-Men 1 through 3. Right. So this, I, we're also going to read another story here with that features Nick's story. That, that time frame doesn't really make, doesn't matter one way or the other, but this has to all take place before X-Men number one, I would think. Okay. I, I mean, because if it, that's fine. Because Nick Fury's kind of doing a little bit of directing, or I don't know, liaisoning between the X Men and Shield. You'd think that Wolverine just be able to be up, go up to Nick and be like, "Hey, man, uh, you know me. I know you. I think there's a file on me. I'm helping you guys out. Could you help me out? And not have to go through all of this effort to crash what? through a helicarrier to grab one. But I thought this was in reference to when Sabretooth and Wolverine were on the shield uh, helicopter a couple issues prior to this. And Nick Fury was saying, yeah, he Sabretooth thinks he's your father, but I'll tell you about that some other day. Maybe I thought maybe Wolverine would be like, Hey, well I'm here. Yeah. Maybe just tell me about some of that stuff. <laughs> but he, I mean, in theory, he's asking for his security dossier. So that could just as easily be in there. Yeah. 
So he's got a Wolverine's additional plan here is now that he's got Nick Fury's attention, he can be like, hey, man, I know what happened about El Tigre and Emilio Garpa back in 1963. And if you don't give me my security dossier, Nick Fury completes is like, you're just going to drop that off at the Daily Bugle. Wolverine right. says, natch. I learned about that stuff last issue um, where Wolverine and uh, Wolverine and Sabretooth were on an undercover mission. I didn't realize they were working for S.H.I.E.L.D., but now you know. Yeah. It could have been pre-S.H.I.E.L.D., could have been CIA. Uh, it doesn't really matter. But yeah. uh, Nick Fury is like, this might take a while. Logan says, you got 10 minutes. And then the caption says, nine minutes later. Here's your file. It's coming through on the facts. How else are you going to know you're alive? You like living on the razor's edge, don't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, somewhere in a city, in uh, I guess nearby. I'm going to guess that this is the Daily Bugle? Sure. Because I mean, it, it's like a writer's room. you got like typewriters and stuff. And Well, maybe not. Maybe it's something else. Seems pretty big. Yeah. It might but, be something else. But regardless, whatever it is, um, it's... Uh, no, it's not the Daily Bugle because somebody says, you better show this to the boss. Oh, yeah. this is this is the Hydra location. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they implanted a flag in the NSA's computer, and if certain things are pulled, it trips a bunch of alarms, and those alarms have been pulled. So this guy takes the file or the information anyways to a large office that features... Uh, I'm just going to call it a Cobra Commander-like character. <laughs> Very Mr. Burns, fingers in front of their face, and then the, the, you can't see their face. you got the cloak over their eyes. And that's... This was Viper. Oh, I don't know who Viper is. Spoilers, the, it's not Viper. The lady with the green hair that features prominently in the Wolverine movie. Oh, okay. She's had some interactions with Wolverine, although maybe they haven't happened yet. Uh, but she has had a... She is associated with Hydra. But uh, it's not her. There is a reference in here. Oh, they, um, earlier, uh, somebody says that these haven't been accessed in two decades to 20 years. Yes. So it's on the previous page. These are shield files that haven't been pulled for over 20 years. And then this guy who goes to Cobra Commander and says, hey, a flag you personally wrote back in 1972 with the name Logan just got pulled. So I always like to call out when we're specifically placing an issue in time. Uh, so it is October, well, it's 1992 uh, in the pages of this comic book, for whatever that's worth. Well, she didn't, uh, they didn't, Cobra Commander didn't write the file. They they put a thing in the program. Well, right. That, that could be, you know, 10 years after the file was last pulled. A flag you personally wrote into the program on October 5th, 1972. I know, I know, but okay. I'm not... I'm not saying that that correlates with the 20 years last time the file was pulled. No, I am. So, so if you, add, <laughs> I'm not saying you can just add 20 years to that. I am saying that. Absolutely, but, I'm saying that. I don't know. Otherwise, if it if it wasn't pulled, if it was pulled in 1982, then our date's like 2002. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Okay, fine. <laughs> fine, you win. Anyways, it, it doesn't make any sense though that the last time it was pulled was when this person wrote the uh the flag but whatever maybe writing the flag tripped the the thing 20 years ago but they well, didn't care exactly. the thing didn't exist well it's the same people right i don't know anyways so they, they they just have a general thing on all shield files sure 
Seems like a huge leak for <laughs> Shield to be exposed to Hydra like that. We gloss all over. I mean, we're dealing with NSA stuff, and we're glossing over a lot of security protocols that may or may not have been in place. But yeah, somebody hacked in, and this is very like hacker nineties uh, uh, stuff we're dealing with. This is like this the issue. hackers where they get all the secret passwords. Exactly. Oh, did he use the God password? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So apparently uh, there is a desktop system at the Department of Agriculture in the pest control section that is probably the, the secret front for, well, Weapon X. Spoilers. We know it is because Wolverine, who's having a tough confrontation with the secretary. The next day. Really yep. Went above and beyond in her job. Yeah. The people behind the door. So I got to wonder, like, is her... Well, actually, we learned that there's many more Weapon X participants. So is her sole job just to sit here and make sure that none of the escaped Weapon X people get access to the office that's behind her? And I think if, her, her job might be to not allow anybody in. Sure. Hopefully she gets paid a lot because she, you're right, like this small muscly man with his cigar comes in punching around and yelling and she's like, you can't go in there. Get away from that door. And if you're thinking of force, you should know there's a steel plate under the wood veneer. And she's putting her body in front of the door. Mm -hmm. Wolverine pops his claws and punches the claws through the door. And he's like, I know the professor's in there. And I know that other person, uh, Hines, is back there, too. But you know what? I ain't going to cut myself into there. I'm going to do this legal. And I'm going to nail all of you. And so he leaves. With all the hard evidence, I'm going to go track down, starting with the warehouse in Windsor, Ontario, everybody. I'm going to Windsor, Ontario, and I know that Heinz is in there too because I can uh, I recognize I don't know some smell that she's giving. Right. If she wants to tail the old hairy mutant, she's got to stay downwind. Oh, oh that's Lord. right. She was tailing him in the last issue when she called the professor. Yeah. And so Wolverine obviously smell him. She was lucky she was not standing where those three holes are. I know it's right next to her face, but yeah. Right. Did you hear that? Not even Shiva can stop him. Stop that dribbling, Heinz. We have work to do. And this is the professor and Heinz straight out of Weapon X. Yep. Meanwhile, Cornelius straight out of Weapon X is also in X-Men. So they're really like Milk and X, Weapon X for everything they can in these modern comics. Yeah. I really wish uh, Barry Windsor Smith was getting paid royalties for all this, but I'm guessing he probably wasn't. Does he own the rights to the Heinz? And- no, but I mean, when you come up with a story like this and you create all these characters and then everybody else is like, ooh, that's cool. I'm going to start using it. It'd be nice if there was some, uh, you know, I'd like him to get paid. Throw him a couple bucks. Exactly. But yeah. that's not how Marvel or DC Comics worked back in the day. And that's why they formed Image. Yeah. Well. Good old Harry Windsor Smith formed Image. <laughs> well, not him, but other folks. But, uh. No idea if he had anything to do. Did he have his own comic? I don't remember. I don't recall him being one of the all-star lineup of folks. I mean, other than one-offs and and Weapon X, I don't really know what else he... Has he ever done... I guess he did Conan for a while, so maybe that's his big claim to fame. Did he do Batmans? I don't know. Hmm. Maybe. He'd be a good choice for a Batmans. Yeah. Well, uh... The professor here, he's got a computer that says termination parameters for Project X. He is missing a hand. He's got a little robotic hook, and he's got a little pistol. And uh, he is a sh- he is sure that Shiva will do its job. They are headed 
he and Hines are headed to Windsor, Ontario. They're going to cut Wolverine off uh, and set up Shiva. And then we cut to that afternoon on the Blackbird. The X-Men are gathered together. So this is where we get into some exciting techno babble where they've got hundreds of pages. Wolverine had those runoff on floppy disks through the modem. Took two shoeboxes full of disks. There's megabytes of information to parse through. Exciting. <laughs> this is really the first sort of like computer tech talk we've had uh, in a comic book as far as I'm aware. I mean, like real sounding words and professor. not just like busy screens and stuff like that. The professor is saying, hey, shouldn't we go through all this material that you gathered before we head up to Canada? And Wolverine's like, yeah, I read enough just to go to Canada. Yeah, I read the first couple of pages. I know what we're doing. And I also think that this was supposed to be the uh, debut of his new yellow costume, because Jean even sort of talks about it. She's like, oh, look at you, Logan. The costume change, your fairy mannerisms. It's as if you're reverting to the man the X-Men first met all those years ago. And that frightens me. I don't remember what came out when in the timeline. I feel like this came out after X-Men number four. Yeah, it's around that period, but I think X-Men one came out. But well in before this, he was still back in the uh, the brown. Okay, it wasn't until X Men Four that he jumped into the yellow. Gotcha. Okay, man. Maybe this release wise, I don't know if this was before any of that, but I guess continuity wise, this would probably be before all that. And I read somewhere that Jim Lee wanted to return him to the yellow. Yeah, but he probably, you know, collaborated with Larry Hamill. Makes we're bringing him back to the yellow, and Larry Hamill was like, "Okay, when can I do it by 50? Yeah. Let's do it. I'm sure it, it makes more sense to do it in the pages of Wolverine, I guess, because it's his dedicated comic. But I, yeah, well, all of that's fine. But uh, there it is. So they're going to Chattaqua Lake. And that made me wonder, is that the same lake they used in X-Men, X-Men 2 and X-Men 3? Because I can't remember what lake that was. There was a lake in X-Men 2 and X-Men 3? Oh, my God. The lake f featured prominently. It's where uh, Jean Grey, remember she, like, turned it into the phoenix at that lake in x-men 2 and she died and then she came back in x-men 3 and killed everybody at that lake in the jim lee x-men 2 and 3 i'm saying the words movie alkali oh. lake so it's not even the same never mind okay you're talking about the movie yes okay that's your i was so confused <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh in space fighting magneto <laughs> uh so wolverine kind of talks about the fronts that were put in front of all of this information. But the point is, is they're going to go to this Chattaqua Lake and figure some stuff out. He found a copy of the warehouse lease in Windsor set up through a dummy crop disease research group, blah, blah, blah. Coincidence? Why do I have a crazy memory of Windsor staring, starring Silver Fox, Sabretooth, and a cast of terrorists? I walked through that place. I know I've been there. Professor Xavier, we have... We are making the final approach to the target in ultra stealth mode. <laughs> Wolverine's going down and Jubilee wants to go with him, but he's saying, nope, I got to do this by myself. Yeah. You can help Xavier and Cyclops and Gene go through the files. There's a, oh, the, so we got some Hydra vehicles here, which is kind of neat. You said it, but if it wasn't crystal clear, the the bug plant, the 1972, all that stuff, that's that's all Hydra folks. I mean, they, they, there was a huge Hydra symbol yeah. in the previous panel that we kind of glossed over. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, oh, and this person says, as you command, all hail Hydra. Yep. 
So Wolverine has busted into this facility, and it's filled with essentially movie sets. And now he's kind of questioning, like, wait a minute. I remember this place. I remember this place. I don't remember this place or that place. This calendar's all different. So now he's wondering if all of the memories that he has were just planted from all of these sets here. He specifically goes into the uh, apartment in Windsor that he had the flashback from the past two issues where he and Sabretooth bust into a bunch of terrorists uh, that include Silver Fox and somebody who looks like the professor. Um, and he even steps on the glasses of the professor. Right. Says, Andre's glasses, the professor's glasses. But something's didn't here. San Francisco newspapers and flyers and that calendar. What happened to the picture of the cabin? There was a, there was a calendar picture of the cabin I lived in with Silver Fox. I opened my eyes after I hit the floor and this calendar was right in my face. I was staring at the cabin when Mastodon came crashing through the window. The wind blowing his in behind him off the river. So he looks out the window and there's just a big old backdrop picture of San Francisco. This place wasn't in San Francisco at all. Whose memories are these anyway? And he goes into a saloon and it's the saloon from issue 10 where Sabretooth uh, and Wolverine had a scuffle after Sabretooth supposedly murdered Silverfox on Wolverine's birthday. It's all the way I remember it, down to the slice of cake with the pink frosting. And then there's a sawmill, but now he's like, I don't remember this. And then there's a senior prom. He's like, I don't remember this either. And so he, now he's like really worried that the cabin or basically his his happy memories with Silver Fox, maybe those were fabricated. So he's slicing through computer labs and jungles and uh, living rooms. And finally, he makes his way through all of these sets. And he's like, ah, no cabin. All right, there's a chance. Maybe something golden in my life was actually real. And he's very happy about it. So much so that the professor gets a, a mind blast of the most pure and utter happiness from Wolverine. Let's not monitor him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a mistake, but whatever. Everything's fine. He's happy. We have megabytes of data to sift through, of which is exceedingly banal, not trivial nonsense. So the implication here, which I find somewhat shocking, is that the events of issue 10, which was a huge deal when it came out, were faked. Is that confirmed or is that? Well, I mean, some of it's confirmed, although obviously in that issue, they end up fighting in the Canadian wilderness. I'm not sure how they would do that. So maybe just some of it's faked. So could this whole place have been set up by the Department of Agriculture to have all Weapon X people kind of go here and then question everything that they know, some of it being real, some of it not being real, to kind of drive them crazy, to put them off uh, their their balance for the ultimate attack of Shiva, right? So maybe the events of issue 10 did happen. They got that information as they extracted it from the Weapon X project, uh, and then they built these sets to confuse their... I'm speculating because I don't actually know if any of that's true. It's. I think you're right, though. I think it is purposely made to make more questions. Right. Than just for Wolverine to question what actually was real. Uh, Jubilee makes a Super Mario Brothers 3 reference and a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reference. That's fun. If... Uh, those turtles have a pizza uh, warmer in their van. I don't know. How does she know that? You'd think, 
you'd think uh, at least we'd have a slushy machine. So the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie had come out by this time. Is there a scene in which they have a pizza warmer in their van? Well, no, the car- this would be for the cartoon. The movie wasn't out at this point? Because, oh, I don't know if the movie was out or not, but they didn't have a van in the movie. Oh, they did? Okay. They they had a van, the turtle van. I remember the, the turtle van from the cartoon, yeah. And they probably ate pizza in the van. I, Absolutely, 100% they did. I'm going to say it doesn't matter no. if they had a pizza warmer, but it's certainly possible that they did. We know the reference, That's and that's what's important. Jubilee doesn't even like staring at a screen if Mario is running across it in his raccoon suit. She's not a big video game fan. No. Although she's enough of a video game fan that she knows about the raccoon suit. I don't know. I think at this time, at this point in time, 1992, when did Super Mario Brothers 3 come out? This feels a little late for Super Mario 3. Wasn't it 91 or something? Mario 3 release date. I don't think it would be uh... October 23rd 1988 okay oh. so when the next one come out sorry that's Japan and then North America February 12th 1990 so we're a couple of years behind but I think it still would have been pretty pretty relevant in the uh, um, social cultural whatever I always get confused and that one he has the raccoon tail that helps him fly yeah and then he's got the Tanuki suit, yeah. which you can also fly with, and it turns him into a statue. Right. But then in the next one, he uses a cape to fly. Right. That was Super Mario, Super Mario World, and that was released in North America in August 1991. So weird that they chose, I don't know, you think Super Mario 3 was more popular at that time than Super Mario World? Who knows? I have no idea. Who knows? <laughs> Doesn't matter. We know the reference, and that's all that matters. Was there a raccoon suit in Super Mario World as well? I don't remember. I know I remember much more about Super Mario 3 than I do Super Mario World. Mm. When I first started playing Super Mario World, I didn't have a Super Nintendo. I was probably at somebody else's house, and in my mind, I was like, there's too many buttons on this controller. <laughs> and I was probably pushing the button that made him spin rather than the button that made him jump. And I was like, I can't keep track of all of these buttons. What do these shoulder things do? So I didn't really play much of it until I was probably more in my 20s, <laughs> which was well after all this. I'm sure for many people, it is just as classic as Super Mario Brothers 3. You're right. But it all depends on when you were born. Yeah. And and I, I do like the game. It's it's very good. Yeah. Um, having gone back and played it because I didn't have a Super Nintendo either as a kid. Uh, so, yeah, my, my game growing up was Super Mario 3. Mm-hmm. And I probably, had I played it as much as I played Super Mario 3, I would love Super Mario World. But I didn't, so I don't, but I I still think it's a pretty good game. Might even be better, but, you know. It's all it's relative. Not, it's not the one that I grew up with. Right. Anyhow, uh, the professor and Heinz, they find a computer room. Looks like, is this the old Weapon X computer room? I don't think so. Oh, okay. That wouldn't be here. It would be in the Weapon X facility, which was, but you know, everything's being thrown into question. So right. you'd ever... was all of that stuff actually in Canada or was it on a soundstage? Uh, the professor is surveilling uh, Wolverine and they're awaiting Shiva. Has he found Shiva yet? He hasn't even stumbled in the random el- intruder eliminator yet. And then Wolverine falls through the stairs, which I guess is the random intruder eliminator. And at the bottom of a long tunnel are spikes, and there's some dead people there. So, so apparently people just break into this uh, 
facility routinely and die. <laughs> yeah, maybe these are many other Weapon X people that didn't I have. These are just randos. It could be. So this, this is the random intruder eliminator. This is it's assumed that Weapon X people won't die at the bottom of this pit. True. This is just this is just for the normies. This uh, page or picture, this this uh, really well done drawing of Wolverine falling down the pit with his claws extended. Uh, I have a um, canvas poster of that drawing, which has um, covers and other X-Men related panels behind it. And it's really cool. My wife got it for me. Complete surprise. I opened up. I'm like, why would you even think of getting this for me? She's like, oh, I think you like the X-Men. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> so that that sits in my office and I'm looking at it right now. Ooh. And it's uh, this exact pose? Because many people have done this pose. No, it, it's a, it's this exact uh, drawing blown up and put on a canvas with all of the panel, a lot of panels and covers behind it. I'll send you a picture of it. I think even Jim Lee did this pose once on like a cover. It's... I'm telling you, buddy. Oh, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> just saying this is a very popular Wolverine pose. Um, Wolverine. There, I just texted you the picture. So if you get it, you can you can confirm that it is exactly okay. the same. <laughs> Let's put uh, the podcast on pause. This is totally different. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, is this thing, how big is this thing? It looks huge. It's, um, I don't know, probably foot and a half by a foot and a half, maybe even two foot by two foot. It's fairly sizable. It's not gaudy. It's it's the right perfect size. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyhow. So yes, he does escape the spikes and and he encounters the giant door that he encountered in the previous episode when he was in his mind. He makes a Frank Sinatra reference by saying, "Ain't that a kick in the head?" No, sorry, that's Dean Martin. That was close. <laughs> um, they were both part of the Rat Pack, right? The only reason I know that is because I played a lot of Fallout New Vegas in which that song is featured prominently. Did you see that Amazon's doing a Fallout series? They've been talking about that Fallout series for years. So you'll believe it when you see it? I'm sure it's going to come out soon. Um, did you ever see, a little tangent here, did you see uh, The Silo or Silo? No. It's great. No. It's really good. I've heard of it. Um, without any spoilers, I thought this would be a really cool backdoor surprise fallout um, prequel. I'll just leave it at that. It's, it's, it's a really cool show. Uh, it's on Apple. Oh, it's a show plus it's eight episodes or something. So uh, it looks very expensive sci-fi type show. Sounds right up my alley. It's uh yeah. Yeah. So anyways, highly recommend. So in his, He's, he thinks that in his suppressed memories, this was at the Project X complex. What's it doing here? But I don't know. I, d I don't remember this being at the Weapon Project X complex, although I guess it could have been. Why would they keep Shiva there, though? Who knows? I don't anyway, know. There's a, it says Shiva. No access without clearance. It's solid. There's no way he can cut through it. Uh, the professor says, this is, this is what stopped the other one. He couldn't get into the vault. We were able to reprogram him, put him back into the pool. Shame to lose this one. He's so special. Hmm. Deadpool? Sabretooth? Any other number of Weapon Xs? Who's that? I'll get a list of all of the Weapon X yeah. people. So when we list them off, it can be any of those people. Well, was it last issue or two issues ago? Wolverine found his Silver Fox keychain Native American pouch 
two issues ago. Two issues ago. With Jubilee. Yeah. So he pulls that out because he sees the keyhole and the professor's like, he is going to make the connection. The other one never found his key and kept it with him. This one's exceptional. This one is quite exceptional. So he tries to really to terminate the subject. And there we get Shiva, a big monster right. robot. And this is kind of, a, this goes back to the cover where I said, this could look like the silver samurai that Wolverine's fighting. No, it's Shiva. So it looks like strife. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. Uh, and they, this is very, the strife design was very popular back in the nineties. Yes. Lots of curvy spiked shoulders and head pieces, but, uh, Wolverine quickly handily takes out Shiva. It's a robot. Who cares? Heinz sees this and is like, oh my. And the professor says, don't worry. Now we shall see what Shiva is all about. And he presses the reset button on the three button controls, which is cancel, reset, and something, something. else. Find out later. Uh, put a fancy suit on an android and he thinks he's hot stuff, says Wolverine walking away. And then uh, we get, let's see. Some interesting stuff from the professor. Uh, this is the very proposal from the Weapon X program. Uh, it is a it it is it is purpose to create a pool of super soldiers, awareness of their own powers, selectively mind wipe from their memories. The candidates are then warehoused uh, in the general population until they are needed, reacted, and controlled. Where did the mutations come from? Did they, professor, look at the mind this? memo about suppression of aging factors this is all very confusing um and i don't know if they're trying to say that wolverine's age was suppressed i don't know it's all very confusing and the mutations were those genetically engineered i think all of this is not really followed up on or is forgotten or dropped but i yeah, don't know whatever i think so i mean uh in the future there will be multiple weapon number programs right so this is just the weapon x program or maybe the mutations and the aging suppression was artificial for the other weapon x people but not wolverine because he naturally had those abilities who knows don't know the point of this is that they're kind of explaining that uh they're the they're selectively mind wipes from their memories right um their their powers get mind wiped so they they're there's a bunch of people in the world that don't realize they have powers that have, are essentially sleeper agents that come online and do stuff for the Weapon X program. And that was the purpose of the program. And then an- kind of neat. Yeah. And then another Shiva shows up who introduces him as the destroyer. And so the professor explains that the second Shiva cannot be destroyed the same way as the first Shiva because it's a learning robot. Yeah. You can't it's beat him the same way twice. Program, the robot is just a body. So you can destroy the robot as many times as needed, um, but the program will continue to learn. So this robot attempts to use some sound dampeners to sneak up on Wolverine, but Wolverine can smell the solder on the hot circuit boards. But Shiva also refers to Wolverine as Logan, and that surprises Wolverine. Of course I do. You are my primary target. You are first on my list. I like the fact that even though we're going to give Shiba the robot voice that we give every robot, <laughs> he does speak in a rather eloquent manner. Yes. And speaking of lists, we get a list. Wolverine, Sabretooth, Fox, Kestrel, 
Vole, Mastodon, Wild, Wild Storm Child, Wild. I don't know. I'm gonna say it's Wildcat. Wildcat. Or I thought all of those were image properties that I just said. Anything that started with Wild was an image thing. Oh, I'm gonna say that. Larry Hama, in in a great coincidence, does not realize that Wildcat is going to be a Jim Lee property. <laughs> if you if you squint and if you make a bunch of excuses, you could say that that's Wilson and that could be Wade Wilson. I don't think I it guess it, is. it could also be an O and be like Willow, Willaka, Willaka. Willow, yeah. Well, whatever. Uh, there, there's a list. I don't know who Fox... Well, Fox would be Silver Fox. I don't know who Kestrel, Vol, or I think we saw Mastodon. Mastodon we saw in the last issue. So there's there's more out there, and arguably this list could continue scrolling on. We just not, we just don't see it. And one of them, ultimately, I think Deadpool is part of this program. He's, uh, yeah. Or is he part of a different Weapon X? I'm pretty sure he's a Weapon X. Why is Wolverine's the first name, says the professor, and Jubilee pipes in? Because he's excellent. <laughs> In a very anime uh, drawing here. Because he's excellent. That may be Jubilee, but it might also be a prioritization. If so, for what? And we know it's for getting killed by Shiva. Right. Because he just said that. So Shiva creates the project must also be able to destroy. The scales must balance. Order must be restored. Yep. They're fighting. (laughs) I don't understand, says Heinz. You can just order up another run every time it gets destroyed. And the professor's like, don't be ridiculous. There's a limited quantity, but, you know, we have a finite number of backups and they're quite sufficient. Yeah. If the third one doesn't get him, the fourth one will. Yes, like he is armed with triggers, um, which I guess we will learn about shortly. They're kind of like PTSD triggers. Is PTSD a known thing? At this point in time, I absolutely, probably. yeah. It started off as shell shocked and post traumatic, well, it's post traumatic stress disorder, and now it's got some other soft language term. Okay, yeah, PTSD is absolutely a thing at this point. Uh, Cobra Commander shows up behind the professor. After all, we were putting perfect killing machines back into the general population, so confirming what the professor found or Professor Xavier found in the files, we needed a fail safe. I just hope we don't underestimate the survivability of the subjects. <laughs> Think about that later. Uh, Wolverine and Shiva continue fighting through the sets now. So Wolverine, I guess, went back up the stairs. And Shiva followed him. So Cobra Commander, so Cobra Commander knocks Heinz out with a bonk. Remember bonk? I do remember oh, bonk. That was popular around this time. Uh, was uh, probably right. Yeah, yeah, because the, the TurboGrafx-16 was probably. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was the cutting edge with all the 16-bit stuff. I some, everybody I, wanted, but nobody had. I confused Bonk with Crash Bandicoot for a minute there, but I'm I'm following you now. So, so Crash Bandicoot would be much later. Yeah. That's probably the early, late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, I don't know about that. I think so. Crash Bandicoot. At any rate. This is important stuff. I'm going to get uh, 1996. All right, so that's late 90s. I guess that qualifies. Anyways. That's earlier than I thought. Yeah. Uh, And you, Professor, should I call you Andre? So she, this uh, person, I'm going to refer to as she because we see who it is on this page. It's Silver Fox. It's Silver Fox. She (laughs) reveals herself. uh, Also knows uh, her. The professor is Andre and the professor even says, Andre, that name is from a subject scenario. 
how do you, yep. and then they're fighting in the Windsor set. And he's like, how do you know about the Windsor set? And that's when she reveals herself as silver Fox. And she says, Windsor, that was my apartment in San Francisco. Right. Silver Fox, we lost track of you 20 years ago when you put, put something in the files. <laughs> uh, yeah, Wolverine and Shiva continue to fight. Shiva, like, mind blasts Wolverine, which triggers a bunch of memories. Wolverine and Sabretooth fighting, maybe some Vietnam. Uh, is this, like, the Reavers on the bottom right? Yeah, I think so. Well, that's weird. And then uh, hand ninjas. So I guess just various memories throughout... Wolverine's life triggers, which are electronic pulses that activate neurosynthetic implants in your cerebral cortex, which implants, which activate a cosmic, a cataclysmic memory backlash, all your suppressed trauma happening at the same time. Every bullet wound, sword cut, laser blast, vividly recalled with chilling clarity and horrible detail. Okay. So, I mean, loneliness, heartbreak, and shame. If this is a Mac and Reese and whoever, this would have been issue 205 of X-Men, Barry Windsor Smith, one of my favorites, uh, in which he was severely wounded. Uh, So, yeah, that's cool. Cool reference. And they break into the set of the prom we saw earlier. And then Silver Fox says, that gym, those decorations, that was my senior prom. Something happened that night that I've forgotten. Um, Wolverine continues oh, fight, we got, yeah. struggling through fighting. And now he's got like the spikes that we saw previously. It looks like he's been run through them. But we see Kitty Pride and that devil mask wearing ninja guy. Can't remember his name. Ogun. Ogun, yeah, Ogun. Uh, the Hunter in Darkness, maybe, on the right-hand side? It's Sabretooth, isn't it? Is it Sabretooth, or is it Hunter in Darkness? Eh, one of the two. I think it's Sabretooth. And then you got... It's got little uh, poofy uh, gauntlet hands. And then you got Lady Deathstrike. Yeah. So all people that were trying to do him harm. And then uh, who's the dude with the back? I think he had the sword. Uh, dude with sword. Yeah. Uh, the guy from Wolverine 30, maybe, where it was the the the, the drug guy? I don't remember. I don't know who that is either. Wasn't there uh I, I thought there was a guy that had the sword and it was maybe from the miniseries. I don't remember anybody in the miniseries except for Ogun. Okay. And he had but the devil mask? That doesn't mean anything. Well, he's wearing the devil mask. Well, there's a dude to the left of him. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm saying I don't know who that dude okay. is. I'm thinking maybe it's the guy from the well, no, that guy wasn't bald. He's, yeah, so I, don't, I don't know who it is. He's sparking a memory, but I can't remember what. Doesn't matter. Anyways, Wolverine, he's, you know, the Shiva's goading him. Howl, Logan, bellow like a beast. But he's like, I'm not a beast. Bellow like a beast. I'm not a uh, animal. I'm a human. I'm Logan. And you can't kill me with memories. So he stabs Shiva in the chest, I guess, destroying him. Silver Fox has memories of her prom, uh, and I guess her date, who is Logan, is getting beaten up in the parking lot. Uh, He is a greaser, I guess, in this memory. And he's, I guess, a little embarrassed because she's like, oh, well, Logan, don't worry. It's okay. Don't worry about it. And he's like, oh, I don't want to see you anymore. I got to go. But she says, that's not my memory. He wouldn't have done that. What about the cabin? It it is her memory, but it doesn't make any sense because of what about the cabin? And then the professor says that blasted cabin implant 
It leaks through the suppression program in every subject. They don't remember their integral weapon systems, but that idiotic cabin. Hmm. And he grabs her uh, and fights for the gun, and there's a, a shot, blam, 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 blam. Um, so a couple things that are confusing is that if Wolverine was there, he never went into the prom, I guess. Uh, it's also possible that Logan, this is not real. This memory of Logan with Silver Fox was implanted for right. Silver Fox. Well, that's, yeah, that's what I'm thinking is that I'm wondering if. But some, it's, it's and, Silver Fox's memory, not Wolverine's memory. So right, potentially right. So never happened to Wolverine. They clearly used other people as actors in other people's memories. Right. So this might've been Wolverine under like hypnotic suggestion or something doing the acting in a well, in a silver fox memory maybe or sure. it might just not be wolverine at all right it's exactly. sort of unclear exactly I think that... as, we, as we know silver fox was in wolverine's memory as was Sabretooth and several of his memories so it seems like different people play actors and different people's stuff potentially yep uh, so we don't know what this is but i would guess that wolverine actually doesn't didn't actually go into the prom or right. has no memories of it, at least. Right. Cyclops. Meanwhile, back in the uh, Blackbird, I traced the mysterious list through its subheadings. It was stored in a file marked termination parameters for Project X. I'm afraid it's an elimination priority. Maybe we better contact him again. <laughs> but Wolvie's first on the list. We'd better get down there. Well, or just, you know, connect with him, see what's going on. Right. Use your telepathy. I have backup systems for my backup systems, unlike you, says Shiba. Who apparently did not die. My only purpose is to destroy subjects just like you. I'm bad to the adamantium-laced bone. And the more you hurt me, the badder I get. He slices up another Shiva. But this one's still not dead. I am Legion. You're just a pile of scrap metal. Oh, no, wait. That's Logan. You're just a pile of scrap metal, bub. And that's, uh, well, it falls down. So Wolverine has defeated it. Uh, Jubilee, Jean, Cyclops, they all show up and they're like, Hey, can we help? And he's like, nah, leave me be. And then they hear a woman screaming. So Logan heads downstairs. Uh, the professor has been killed and he, his little claw was on the reactivate button, but he never actually pushed it. Well, he he pushed, did he push it? He pushed some button because apparently, uh, Shiva is moving on to the next target. On the next target. On the list, which we know is Sabretooth, which ties in with that uh, in X-Men number seven, when Cyclops sees Wolverine, he says, or sees Sabretooth, he says, Sabretooth, you got to know there's the Shiva's guy is coming after you. And Sabretooth is like, yeah, whatever. I'm bad. (laughs) Bad to the bone. Bad to the adamantium bone. So what Heinz last saw was uh, a bunch of Shivas filing out, chanting the name Sabretooth like a mantra. And they're like, we got to, well, the implications that the X-Men are like, we should maybe do something about this. But Logan's like, it's his problem. I don't care. Nice guy. It's his problem now. What about uh, all the other names on the list? Seems like one of the mutants who have, uh, some of them could be mutants who have no idea what they really are. They might not even know. They might be even be people we know. How can you be so cold? I fear, my X-Men, that the Wolverine that was reborn tonight may be a far, far different man than the one we have known. 
Heaven help us all. And I think this is supposed to be the, oh my God, Wolverine's going to go crazy and we're going to see that Wolverine that, that we want to see like tearing people apart. And my recollection is that it's more or less kind of business as usual. Yeah, I don't, nothing really changes. It didn't seem like. I don't think. I mean, probably in the pages of Wolverine, there will be little inklings of a change. Right. And I know at some point it leads up to uh, a bunch of stuff. So I don't. I mean, just put a pin in it. See yeah. what happens. Um, the pin has been put in. I feel like in other comics, nothing. It is nothing really changes. You're right. But maybe in the pages of Wolverine, there's a couple of subtle changes and changes back and. He might speak a little bit more gruffly in some of the uh, other comics he's in. He I don't remember. He didn't act any different in Wolverine or uh, X-Men 4 through 7. Not really. That I detected. So that takes us to X-Factor number 74. Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, it's, know. it's all right. <laughs> There's a big dude who is calling out strong guy. And we get some relationship stuff in this issue, like Lorna and Havoc, I guess, are together, but they sleep in separate rooms, or maybe they're mending things together. Uh, Wolfsbane's got a crush on Havoc. She's being a little creepy about it. Yeah, she <laughs> sneaks up on him while he's sleeping. Um, Quicksilver's still got his speed issues, like if he goes too fast, he's running into some health issues. Are uh, multiple men. Uh, the two of them are restrained, but um, Val Cooper and her ex-husband have hired a um, lie detector guy to try to well, figure her out. Husband is the lie detector guy. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, there's a racquetball scene between Lorna and Havoc where you sort of get the qu- the the feeling that, like, yeah, that they're they're together, but maybe they're taking things slow. Well, there's um, a scene where he's like, she says, "Just need time for a quick shower," and he's like. One company. So I guess maybe they're Summers, you'll make me blush. So maybe they're not taking it that slow, but they're not sleeping in the same bed, which I mean, I guess that doesn't really matter. Maybe one of them snores. Um, and yeah, some big, well, Mr. Sinister's in this issue. (laughs) Mr. Sinister apparently is connected to the main bad guy like either giving him information or maybe behind the whole thing working with or working for uh ricochet now we last saw mr sinister get blown away by wolf or cyclops's optic blasts uh we only see this guy in silhouette but we see the twinkle in his eyes and his red diamonds so astute readers will say i'm sure that's mr sinister plus at the end of the issue it says next issue sinister things are afoot Ooh. (laughs) anyways but um other than that, that the mystery guy is a U.S. senator, yeah, working on becoming president, and somehow he's going to manipulate uh, X Factor politically in order to get himself some sort of power. And then uh, we see at the top of the uh, Washington Monument, Washington Monument, there is the guy from the first page wants to fight Guido or strong guy. Um, and he does so. Yeah, uh, two things kind of come out of all of this. Uh, first, X Factor and Slab inadvertently knock over and destroy the Washington Monument, which is a pretty bold move. Well, Strong Guy does. He he attempts to hit the guy, the bad guy, who, whose name is Slab. You're saying? Yeah. Okay. He attempts to hit Slab, and he misses, and he hits the uh, Washington Monument, and uh, 
it falls. <laughs> so the senator guy's like, you guys are in trouble. You just destroyed national monument here, federal property. The other thing that happens is Val Cooper's ex-husband is able to get some additional information about, is it a lake visit or something? Some information that one of the multiple men has. And um, Val, I think, is like, can Moira McTaggart confirm this? And he's like, totally. So she's going to go talk to Moira McTaggart. I, so one of the multiple men is free now and the other one's still being held. Right. And I, there's a note in here somewhere that says that this all takes place during issues one through three, in which we know Moira has like taken a cab to go run away. So she's she in, in space, isn't she? Is she in space? In one through three, it's not until four that she takes the cab. Oh, you're right. You're right. Sorry. Four. Uh, so who knows if they're actually going to get a hold of Moira, but they, they certainly don't in this issue. But they've got they got a plan moving forward. Next issue, the giant size finale that we can only call Sinister Maneuvers. Right. It's our 75th issue, so come join the party. So I'm Senator Stephen Schaffron, and you, my gen genetically challenged friends, are about to choke down on a three-course helping of trouble. <laughs> so it was, uh, you know, it's, fine, it's a fine issue. Yeah, it's continuing the plot. Nothing really happens. There's some fight stuff. Yeah. As you do in <laughs> comics of this era. Setting some stuff up. Setting some stuff up. Probably, uh... All the secrets will be revealed in the next issue. Or not. Or or uh, or it'll be like Wolverine 50 where there's a whole bunch of new secrets. Sensational She-Hulk number 35 is, is cute. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is kind of just sort of fun if you are keeping track of all of the ex-villains that have died over the years. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's very uh, tongue-in-cheek as we've talked about. I mean, She-Hulk is literally talking to John Byrne through, you know, breaking the fourth wall. She also references, she says, I've heard of Marvel zombies, but this is ridiculous. And I was like, wait, isn't Marvel zombies a, a later phenomenon? Like, is this the origin of the Marvel zombies concept? Marvel zombies at this point were just a reference to uh, people that were into Marvel comics. Oh! Okay. All right. That's okay. All right. So it's all so, referential. Well, zombies, the franchise would come, I think, in the late 2000s. So uh, this dude, um, the bad guy, I don't black, know. Who, black something. Yeah. He's got a upside down cross on his chest. He raises the exhumed. We get, and I'm going to go in the order of which I know these characters and then... Okay. <laughs> so we got the changeling we know him from he, he impersonated the professor for a while and then he he died of like a heart attack but he that was a redemption arc for him because he was a villain uh we have the black bishop which was uh from the hellfire club nimrod killed him he died of a heart attack fighting nimrod harry leland harry leland yep and then we got scale face we only saw for like a couple of panels maybe a couple of issues she was a Morlock who died during the Mutant Massacre. She could turn herself into a dinosaur or like a big lizard guy. Who's the Living Diamond? I don't know. All I can think of is Jack of Diamonds. That's what but I was wondering. Not Jack of Diamonds. So anyways. Diamond, the guy that um, the X-Men encountered in the Savage Land um, who had that uh, was attempting to had Colossus bound up and they were going to sacrifice Colossus. I don't know. Do you remember that at all? No. The only thing, I mean, when I see Living Diamond, the only thing that I hear is the Living Pharaoh, which that's 
not who this is, I don't think. Because I don't think that guy had anything to do with diamonds. Uh, so yeah, let's go with Jack of Diamonds. <laughs> okay, it's the Jack of Diamonds, everybody. <laughs> sure. So She-Hulk fights these and, and quips uh, a bunch. And then, I don't know, it's it's silly. It's fun. Yep. Uh, I mean, nothing of any import happens in this issue. Uh, it is nice that at the end, it turns out that the changeling works with She-Hulk because he did redeem himself. Right. That was kind of an important thing of like, oh, I couldn't let Slate undo everything that I did to redeem myself. So I had to break free and then he goes back and dies. So he still gets to keep his redemption arc in place. Which he does by uh, changing himself into Elvis so that cops would start following him, which is kind of silly. Uh, the whole She-Hulk thing is very silly, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much I like it. Uh, the art is fantastic, of course. It's John Byrne. Um, you know, it's, it doesn't hurt to have a character breaking the fourth wall. It's just fun. You can pick and choose what's fits into the uh, chronology and what's what's kind of silly. I don't care about the chronology so much. It's just, it's so quick, quippy, and like every, almost every panel's got a quote-unquote joke. It's the 90s, man. Yeah. it's what the 90s are all about. It's fine. I'm sure if I would have started collecting uh, She-Hulk. Actually, it's kind of neat. There, There is uh, some quips in there about like, oh, John Byrne's back, so things are going to get more complicated. Oh, John Byrne, you're, asked, you're adding more subplots. How are you going to keep track of all this stuff? So that's kind of like... Some good self-referential um, stuff there. Yeah. Um, Wonder Man number five I skimmed because i got to be honest, I don't, I don't really care about Avengers and Beast stuff, um, but it was kind of cute that Wonder Man and Beast go on like a Hollywood adventure for things. I just like the fact that they're friends and they're hanging out. And uh, I like Beast's pink shirt and red shorts combo. Yes, he he looks very, I guess, nineties California. Red shorts, pink shirt. Yeah. The only thing that would complete this look is if he was wearing some sunglasses. Um, Heinz and um, Cornelius are in this issue. They they have access to some power suits that go crazy. I I thought that was a, a reference. Wasn't that uh, um, to? No, I'm thinking of something else. I thought I thought there was a reference to two comic book people. Oh, there. Somebody says Wheezy, but I can't remember if that's in this issue or if that was in She-Hulk. I think that was in She-Hulk. Yeah, She-Hulk's always being followed around by uh, Wheezy, which is Louise Simonson. Right. Um, I don't. I, there, there was something I thought where. Oh, you know what? I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of. I did some other readings. I'm thinking of an Iron Man. Never mind. <laughs> but Living Diamond. His first appearance was X Men Thirty Nine. Okay. And X Men thirty nine through forty two. Well, there we go. And that was his. Uh, that was it. He was in those four issues, and then his next appearance is uh, Sensational She Hulk thirty four and thirty five, and he would not appear again until nineteen ninety six. At which point, we will probably again forget who he is. That's a deep cut. And then he appears in X Men Legends from two thousand twenty two. At which point, who knows if we'll even be alive at that by the time we get to those. I don't have anything else to say about Wonder Man. I mean, they go on a little adventure. It's kind of like a, a buddy situation, there, buddy road trip situation. It's fun if you like that sort of thing. There is a reference to a character that they fought in the Champions, um, which I thought was kind of neat, but I don't remember the bad guy 
um, being in the champions, but I know we covered it, but, uh, yeah, it's some guy with, uh, who's apparently homeless now, but he developed some sort of cool or not cool suit. I don't know. Did you like the suit? Uh, thing since sliced bread. I thought the suit was super generic. I like the art on this issue. I mean, it's very like nineties kind of Jim Lee esque without being Jim Lee. Uh, Yeah. I had no problem with the art. I thought, yes, I liked, uh, I liked it. You're right. These guys do look kind of like the professor and Cornelius. Aren't they the professor and Cornelius? No, they no, just, they have to be. No, because this is this that, is. If they're not, that makes no sense. It's a it's a bald professor with a dude who looks like Cornelius. Yeah, I, I think it's just uh, two people who happen to look like two people that we know. No way. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, no. He's, he's got uh, the square sunglasses or the square. No, this is the professor and Cornelius. I guarantee the the artist did this on purpose, but I know it's it doesn't make any sense that it would be them. No, it doesn't make any sense, which is why when I saw it, I was like, well, this is neat. Is this some weird Weapon X suit offshoot we never heard about? I think it's just the artist referencing uh, those characters, because why not? That That's stupid if that's the case. If this is not the professor and Cornelius, then it's not stupid. It's, it's stupid. It's no, like- it's stupid. It's just two people who happen to look like those other two people. It's really confusing then, because if you're reading this issue at the same time that you're reading Wolverine and X-Men and Weapon X, you're like, huh, what are the Professor and Cornelius doing in this issue? It doesn't make any sense that they would be there. It doesn't make any sense that you would base two characters identically off of two other characters. It's silly. It's and fun. It makes no, it's not silly and fun because it makes no sense. If, if those guys are not... Fine. Uh, just relax. Oh, I'm not going to relax. Being way too uptight, man. Just chill out. Is his name Professor Heinz? No, Heinz. Uh, he would be Cornelius. Heinz is the woman. Oh, uh, well, who's who's if the? They, if they call him Professor Heinz, then that's clearly a reference. Who's the? Who's the guy with the beard? Uh, well, it, in in this issue or in Weapon X? In Weapon X and this issue. <laughs> Cornelius. Cornelius. Oh, and who's the professor? The professor is the professor. I don't think we have the professor's name. I'm going to look at Cornelius uh, Wonder Man 5. He's looking it up, everybody. It matters that much to him. It doesn't make any sense that you would... It doesn't have to make sense. It's comics. Um, Rampage is the name of the villain. Couldn't find it, but I finally found it. Huh. Rampage, Resurrection Raiders... Brandy, Britannia, Maria, Patach, Tiffany. Well, that's really stupid. Oh, wait. Beast recognizes... Okay, Uh, the two Pac-Tech technicians monitoring Rampage's armor are drawn to look like the Professor and Dr. Cornelius from the Weapon X Project. Okay, you're right, but that's dumb. So I'm right, too. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why you would do that. It makes no sense. Because it's what's popular now, and they never... I mean, what they should have done, and maybe they do, is refer to them as different names so that you know that it's not them. It's just drawn like them. But it's like people draw people to look like comic book artists all the time. Comic book artists, that's fine. But these are like two other characters that have a sort of a major role in the Marvel Universe. And you're just referencing them for some reason. It doesn't make any sense. It's not clever. It doesn't make any sense. Eh, it's it's all right. I, I hate it. It's dumb. It until you pointed it out, to be honest. 
What? How could you not? It's a bald was, guy with rectangular glasses and a red bearded man with circular glasses. I was very sleepy when I read At computer that. controls. Like, whatever. All right. Marvel Comics presents number 85. Uh, number 84. Well, I didn't read 84. I read 85. Okay. Well, then you'll, <laughs> you're probably confused. Um, in 84, what happens is, uh, oh, 85 had like three different stories. I know. I read them all. Oh, man. Well, save them for next time. <laughs> uh, 84 just has a Firestar story. Okay. And uh, it is part three of whatever. And uh, basically, Firestar's father is in the hospital because Spiral stabbed him through the lungs. So he needs a lung replacement. And this secret organization reach out, reaches out to Firestar and says, hey, we can get a lung donor super fast, but you got to do something for us. And what you got to do is kidnap Mystique. So she uh, goes and does that, but of course Mystique is protected by Blob and um, Pyro's Pyro. there. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this is the most coherent episode of this so far. It's still very poorly written. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully, it's getting better. You probably know if it's getting better or not. It's probably not. Eh, I was just excited to see Freedom Force people. Um, I got excited because 85 starts all the Sam Keith uh, Wolverines. I was like, ooh, we're starting to read this. So, yep, yep. And then there's a uh, beast story too, right? Oh, yeah. There's a, yeah. By Rob Liefeld. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. Um, Wolverine Bloody Choices was a graphic novel that probably came out a couple months ago in our timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about this one. It is. <sighs> So I read half buy of it. Wolverine stuff at this time, and I did not buy this. Yeah, I, w- I read half of this because, you know, I didn't realize it was 64 pages. By the time I got halfway through, I was like, good Lord, there's so many pages left. So I kind of skimmed the rest of it. But, I mean, basically, it just comes down to, like, a bunch of bunch of choices. Uh, each choice not you know, having its own set of consequences behind it. But my main takeaway was... There is a drug cartel that's moving drugs all over the place. And so Nick Fury from S.H.I.E.L.D.'s got a vested interest in kind of figuring out the source and taking down the big cartel. However, one of the drug cartel guys has a thing for little boys. And uh, heard too many times. Yeah. Buster. And so Wolverine is not happy about this. Um, there's even a memory of Wolverine as a little boy. And it kind of made me wonder, like, does Wolverine have a member of being molested? And that's why, he, I mean, he, he is a moral man and he is doing the right thing because he's discovered kind of this child molestation thing and he wants to take care of it. But there's like this flashed Wolverine as a boy. And I was like, huh, it's weird. But um, yeah, I think this is not part of canon uh, canon anymore. Yeah. Um because it says he he specifically refers to himself, and it and it, and there's a picture of the kid that we saw in that flashback issue of Wolverine, where it was like, wasn't it like a, a, the Jungle Book or something? It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it was, maybe. It was like Wolverine telling the story of himself as a child, but he was actually telling uh, like a Rudyard Kipling thing. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it has a picture from that. And it says, uh, a wild boy who grew up untamed and fearless, relying only on his feral instincts. However, if you've read Wolverine Origin, you know that none of this happened. Right. This was interesting because it was like, huh, you know, we're, 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 we're all about Wolverine's origins at this point. Are they trying to plant a seed that just, they're like, yeah, we're not doing that. 
Um, but the other kind of conflict of interest here is that Nick Fury is kind of like, Wolverine, you got to take it easy. I get it. There's this child molestation thing. It can't go on, but there's bigger fish to fry. We got to like take down this whole thing. And Wolverine's like, we'll do it your way. But then he learns that, like, I guess this is continuing or there's a potential for more of it to happen. Or actually, S.H.I.E.L.D. guys are told to, like, cater to this bad guy's, like, needs because they need to get the information from him. And this guy has asked for his nephew, who's a young boy. And Wolverine's like, no, this has gone too far. Well, even at that point, Nick Fury is like, why did you bring a boy here? Right. And, and the guy's like, well, I thought you understood what was implied. And Nick Fury's like, no. Yeah. I mean, what I'm saying, I'm saying Nick Fury is like supporting child molestation, but he's kind of looking the other way for past uh, uh, incidents. Definitely not um, on board for like present incidents. A lot of the the uh, Shield people are pretty upset about this too. They yes. keep saying like, "I'm like a parent, and yeah. I don't like uh, having to protect this guy." And so, at some point, Wolverine is coming for him, and Wolver and Nick Fury uh, says, "Well, he sent up he sent up enough." red flags for us to have some time i'm sending away all my shield agents and i will be the only person to protect this person uh bullfinch is the bad guy yeah the thing that you uh didn't mention is that there is a guy who looks like wolverine yeah, i was getting there but yeah. fighting in this issue that has absolutely no purpose whatsoever at you know because of everything that we know and and wolverine origins and all that sort of stuff i was like huh that's weird is this is this that guy? How would they know that? Did they draw from this for origins, for inspiration? This seems like a weird thing to pull from. But this yeah. This guy constantly calls him bro, which I think is just slang. But I think you're supposed to think, is this Wolverine's brother? Yeah. And this guy doesn't have claws like Wolverine, but he's got like a, a knife that, that shoots out from, like it's a mechanical knife, I think, that shoots out from his, like a wrist contraption and... At one and point, shiv and he shivs people. Yeah, he he stabs Wolverine, get, getting the jump on him. They fight. Uh, Nick Fury and Wolverine have a very very long fight. Uh, Wolverine basically you know, at the end of the fight um, does get the jump and sort of beats Nick Fury to a bloody pulp, but not after Nick Fury has used a whole bunch of devices to to really kind of hold his own. And at the end, Nick Fury is like. Go do it. Go take care of it. I had to try my best to keep this case alive, but I know what you got to do. I gave the man my word that I would protect him, and I tried my best. But I knew all along you would whoop my butt. Um, yeah, and then Wolverine goes after – well, first he goes after the, the bag man, the right-hand man for the um, – the bullfinch guy and destroys his he sees that oh well this guy is going to become the next super bad guy who knows what his terrible impulses will be so he kills that guy yep uh, nearly killing himself and then um and then it ends without really knowing what wolverine's gonna do oh he, i think it's he's like mm -hmm. this guy's a monster and i'm a monster and you know maybe he's not in control of his needs and desires and maybe i should Maybe I should let him go, and he maybe he can turn his life around, and then it ends with, yeah, right. You see a big mouth kind of like yelling, snarling, whatever, and then this big fat child molester guy being blown backwards. He's caught up in this uh, – it's kind of it's kind of um, raw here. He's, he's caught up in this uh, – uh, what do you call these fences? <laughs> Barbed wire fence. Barbed wire fence. He's all tangled up on it. He's getting cut. He's all scraped up, uh, and he can't move, and that's when Wolverine – catches him he's bleeding from his eye his eye may have even been poked out yeah, yeah but absolutely my implication here is that wolverine just 
destroys this this gross pervy drug cartel child molesting man um it it's fine i bet you i'm i'm thinking back to my i guess i'm 16 years old at the time that this issue probably came out if i would have bought it if i would have read it, i probably would have been like oh this is this is dark and gritty because you know wolverine's like killing people and there's blood and the art's pretty good in my opinion and they're dealing with so quote-unquote you know adult or difficult subject matter but honestly in the marvel universe it seems like all dark and difficult subject matter revolves around child molestation which is it is dark and disturbing and all that sort of stuff but i don't know pick something else <laughs> yeah so as an adult i read it and i'm like this is uh, yeah but this but, is just i don't know it, it feels like a writer being more self-important than needs to be yeah why does Wolverine? Why is why is this happening? <laughs> why is Wolverine fighting child molesters and having to make choices? I mean, I don't know. Well, it wasn't great in my opinion. That's that's I guess the bottom line is that if if uh, you if you're a Wolverine completist, sure read it. But if you're not and you're just reading the highlights of the Wolverine story, you can skip this one. Yeah, nothing of import happens here. Um. All right. Well, I gotta. I'm going to wrap this up, uh, but if you want to let us know what you think of the comics that we've read, you can do so by visiting us at www.xmenpodcast.com, facebook.com forward slash Danger Room Podcast, at Danger Room Go on X. I guess that's what we're going with these days. I don't know. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> or maybe just email us, dangerroom at xmenpodcast.com. It's probably the easiest way to get a hold of us. Go out to iTunes, subscribe, leave stars, leave reviews, uh, all that sort of stuff. Um, visit us at patreon.com slash dangerroom where we've got other content as well as hot takes on old pop culture things. Our theme music is provided by Laszlo Hollyfeld. Adam, do you got anything else? Um, do you want to do the letters or no? Let's save those for next time. Okay. So you have Our nothing else. Letters saved up. So, <laughs> so stop writing us. No, write more, and we'll Just do. We'll keep do. writing us, and we'll we'll cover what we what we can. Until next time, my name's Jeremy. My name's Adam, and the danger room is closed. Yeah.